This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From Brandeis University, welcome to Recall This Book, where we assemble scholars and writers from different disciplines to make sense of contemporary issues, problems, and events. Specifically, welcome to Recall This B-Side, a short series of conversations that we undertook as a companion piece to B-Side Books, an edited collection out from Columbia University Press this June. So what exactly is a B-Side book? Well, it's a work that was unjustly kicked to the curb, thrown prematurely onto the ash heap of history. So basically, Elizabeth and I thought it would be fun to invite a few of the B-Side authors on to talk about their choices and also sort of talk around their choices about what lay beneath them. So today's guest is the wonderful novelist and New Yorker writer, Caleb Crane, um, who's also a wonderful friend, but um, you don't need to know that. Um, I love both his novels, Necessary Errors and Overthrow, um, with a special fondness for the former because it depicts a world that he and I both lived through and in. So that of young American expatriates in Czechoslovakia just after the fall of the Berlin Wall. So I basically just have three main questions for you, um, though I'm sure we'll also go down some byways. So the first is just to what is your B-side and why did you choose it? Sure. Um, the B-side is uh, The Young Visitors by Daisy Ashford, which is a comic novel written when the author was nine. Um, <laughs> which itself is comic, yeah. <laughs> itself is comic. So it was a little bit of a stunt book. I think it was published in 1918, 1919? No, 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 1919. Um, but uh, I chose it just because it's actually really funny. Um, and not funny, like I feel like when you hear, oh, a child wrote a book, like you think, oh, the humor is going to be like, haha, she misspelled a word or she said something she didn't really understand the meaning of. But it's actually funny because she gets more than you realize a child can get about how society works. And you're actually laughing with her, not at her, because mm -hmm. she actually skewers adults in this completely thorough, ruthless, merciless way. Um, so that's it, it, it. It's a completely implausible story about a 43 year old man who's living with a 17 year old girl. And um, 
they both are social climbers. The girl gets an invitation to London, and then the the older man, Mr. Saltina, um, basically sort of scurries after her and tries to make himself into a gentleman um, yeah. in, in this sort of weird educational finishing school that Daisy Ashford, at age nine, imagines is located in the Crystal Palace. <laughs> I'll just read the first sentence because I, I don't have a... That sounds great. Mr. Saltina was an elderly man of 42 and was fond of asking people to stay with him. He had quite a young girl staying with him of 17 named Ethel Montague. Mr. Saltina had dark short hair and mustache and whiskers, which were very black and twisty. He was middle-sized and he had very pale blue eyes. <laughs> he had a pale brown suit, but on Sundays he had a black one and he had a topper every day as he thought it or becoming. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so it's just like an elderly man of 42, basically, is, yeah. is, is where you know that you, you're in good hands. Yeah, I totally agree. Do you have a fondness for books written by children? or? No, I wouldn't say that. I don't, I don't think there's any other books written by children that I've even read. But I do love novels that are kind of um, in a talked voice, that are, that yeah. are um, like... Uh, Gentlemen Prefer Blondes, for example. Oh, my God. That's such a good example. Because I was thinking of Notes from Underground. It's <laughs> like, like the dark, dyspeptic version of that. But Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Wow. I'm completely with you. I'm fascinated. She's an amazing writer. Yeah, yeah that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think, or like Flan O'Brien, uh, like The Third Policeman. Yeah. Uh, like, it, it just sounds like somebody's telling you the story. Um, yeah. Rather than... You know, I love Henry James, but it doesn't sound like he's in the room telling me the story. Right, right. Um, so wait, yeah, so back to, to Ashford herself. Any thoughts on, like, not being able to catch lightning in a bottle twice? I mean, if she could do it as a nine-year-old, why couldn't she do it as a 40-year-old or a 50-year-old? Or... Well, <laughs> well, she wrote, um, she wrote, she wrote, like, five or six novels uh, when she was a kid. Yeah. And uh, they all ended up getting reprinted by... Uh, after this one was a big hit, but, um, but this is really the best one. This is really the, the others are okay, but mm. this is really, I mean, I think it's just like, I don't know. I sort of think adult novelists are subject to the same kind of luck. Like mm -hmm. you, you, you just write them. You don't actually know if they're going to be any good or if they're going to catch on. Yeah. Um, that's separate. You don't control that. Yeah. Um, Did you write a novel when you were nine, Caleb? If I, if it's not a personal question. <laughs> no, it was nine. No, well, when I was, actually, maybe I did. I don't, how old was I? I grew up, I was born in Texas and we lived there until I was six. And then we moved to California when I was like seven or eight. Mm -hmm. uh, it was like, you know, my whole world was destroyed. My whole like life. And, my, and uh, so I wrote about it. I wrote like a little, like made a little book of like our driving trip from Texas to California. Wow. Um, yeah, that was kind of my way of dealing with this loss. So maybe, maybe that is where the impulse to write novels comes from with me. I don't know. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, so can I ask how you think about the concept of the B side? Like I was thinking of different words to describe it. I was thinking about recovery, rediscovery, reformulation. I mean, what does it mean to you? Like, what was the appeal to you of the concept? Okay, so here I'll confess something. So, like, as a reviewer, I get sent a lot of books. Uh huh. 
and often more books than I can possibly read. And you sort of like, you'll salt them away and you'll be kind of like, and years later, you're just like, okay, I have to throw out these. I can't keep all of these. And yeah. some of them, you just pick them up and you look and you're like, yeah, I was right never to read this. It's clear. Just You just know as you pick it up that you didn't need to read it and it was fine that you didn't. <laughs> then there are other books you pick up and you're like, oh, I really should have read this. And you just like, no, years later, you look at it and you just know, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, totally. Clearer because like all the dross has kind of fallen away and you're yeah. like, oh. I, I, and I also just like the image of, well, okay. So there's a moment inside Jane Eyre that I like, but I also was going to say that I just love the image of Charlotte Bronte sending it off to publishers. It would get rejected. She would cross out the address of the one publisher, write a different publisher address on it, send it off again. Like I love the the durability of that. And then the moment inside Jane Eyre that I also love is the moment where, um, she, you know, she's asked, you know, what must you do to to avoid going to hell? And she says, oh, I just must not die. <laughs> I just think, like, so in other words, she's not going to play by their yeah. rules, but she's still going to win simply by not dying. And I thought, yeah, I mean, there's yeah. just something to be said for books that don't die, you know, like that. Yeah. And for authors who don't die, I think. <laughs> yeah. No, I completely agree. Doris Lessing. I mean, keep going. Yeah. yeah. 65 years. Ursula Le Guin. And I think a lot of Ursula Le Guin went through patches of a decade or more where she wrote nothing that is worth rereading. And then something else comes out. Another Ursula book suddenly appears in 1998. You know, what yeah. the hell? Yeah. Okay. So, um, so Caleb, we already kind of covered this question of if folks like the young visitors, what else might they like? Cause you talked about these other great novels with voices. Sure. Um, but do you have other thoughts like that? Like if this, appealed yeah, like I was thinking about that, like, I feel like I read, um, a novel by Barbara Comins a couple of years ago called our spoons came from Woolworths. Oh God. I love her. Yes. And I feel yeah. like it's also like, it's just, it just sounds like she's talking to you. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I've been trying to get Steve McCauley to write a B side about her, actually. I think she's. Oh, yeah. That would be, be great. Yeah. 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 And he, as a, yeah, a comic novelist, would totally yeah. um, get that. Um, somebody like Gene Reese, um, uh -huh. not, not, not the Sargasso Sea, but the early ones where it's sort of yeah. depressed young women. Yeah. Uh, in, Good mor morning, midnight or something. Good morning, midnight. And, yeah. uh, in the Paris. Yeah. After leaving Mr. McKenzie. After leaving Mr. McKenzie, right, yeah. Those are also kind of talked. Like, yeah. it's very much carried by her voice. Um, yeah. And it wouldn't quite work if it were in a third-person omniscient. That's that's great. Yeah. Degree zero voice. Yeah. yeah, and then, I mean, the other th things I thought were like, there's this little, there's this British publishing house, uh, feminist British publishing house, Persephone Books, that reprints. Uh, sort of overlooked classics and they yeah. have a couple of comic novels in their repertoire most of them are fairly serious but there's one called Miss Pettigrew Lives for a Day by someone yeah. named Winifred Watson which is just totally charming I would it's not a talked novel in the same way but it's totally that kind of British ironic humor uh, that um, can't really be reproduced by other nationalities yeah, for some, yeah. So we'll put a list of all of these up, but it's funny because Steve McCauley recommended that to me as well. Oh, really? I still haven't read it yet, but I, I, oh, I have a shock. Like two yeah. and a half hours. I mean, it's, it's awesome. like totally charming and just hilarious. And yeah. 
Oh my God. Well, Caleb, thank you so much. And I will just conclude by saying, of course, we hope that you will go off and um, read The Young Visitors and also that you'll buy the B-Sides book um, from that's Columbia University Press. Agents are standing by. But whether you do or not, we'd love to know your own thoughts about what makes for a great B-Side. I think every listener, I imagine, has a book or two or three that they would love to dredge out of the depths and become, as Hannah Arendt said, uh, a diver of pearls. So tweet at us, send us an email, let us know. We wanna know, we wanna know your own B-side. Um, so Caleb, thank you so much for uh, coming on today. It just remains for me to tell you really quickly that Recall This Book is sponsored by the Mendel Humanity Center. Music comes from Eric Chaslow and Barbara Cassidy. Sound editing by Naomi Cohen. Website design and social media by Nye Kim. And if you enjoyed today's show, Tell your friends about us, write or review us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. It's the single most important way that word gets around for a modest scholarly podcast like this one. And um, check out our other Recall This B-Side episodes, among them Pardis Debashi on a ridiculously silly Iranian novel, um, Merve Emre on a much more serious Italian novel, and RTB's own Elizabeth Ferry. So from all of us here at Recall This Book, Thanks for listening.